Ah, Casey, are you there? I am here. Hi, honey. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah? We got more Bible to go over today. Oh boy, do we. Yeah, we do. Yeah? Are you ready for my summary? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, so, uh, welcome, heathens. Uh, if you're not part of the Skeptic Mafia, though, you missed out on a really good Skeptic Mafia podcast that we posted just a little bit ago. So, if you want to become a member, hit that join link or go to joinskepticmafia.com, and you can get all of the podcasts. And... Emojis during live streams emojis and during premieres. Li- yeah, and premieres. Everybody loves the emojis. Yeah, actually, I got a request from a play, a Planar Walk mm-hmm. uh, to use the ding emoji. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. So, Planar Walk, on his on his premieres and live streams, he's going to have um, Ding. uh, dings yeah. in order to, to appease people. Because apparently that's just a, st- that's just a thing you have to have now. Yeah. I think non-sex should have one too, but they don't have, they don't yeah. have the joint thing yet, which is really super weird. Kyle is <laughs> pissed because <laughs> 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 they don't have the joint thing yet. Yeah. As soon, I'm, I'm becoming a member as soon as I can. Oh, hell yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, last time we have two men in an arc moving to Jerusalem. They move their business there. <laughs> I forgot um, about two men in an arc. <laughs> <laughs> they, they decided that was the best place to hold their national conventions and things. And so that was just best for them. Yeah. Also, David told them to do it. Now, um, now a schedule is going to be needed for the slaughtering of animals because nobody just wants a willy nilly kind of slaughtering kind of thing. We got to get a nice monthly schedule down daily. Uh, yeah, and then some bitch named Michelle gets um, pretty mad at David for hanging some brain in front of uh, some slave girls. So God makes her ass barren. Um, oh boy! And then David actually finds Jonathan's son. And gives him all of the land uh, that Saul had, uh, but uh, in as a like um, I guess a trade off, he's now the token paralyzed guy. So anytime anybody's like, "Hey, you're being ableist, David," it's like, "No, I've got a paralyzed friend. I'm not being ableist." He's not paralyzed. His feet are fucked up, and he can't walk. Oh, okay, honey. You remember, you remember the principle of this first introduction. Sorry, right? it's like shitty ass science. I just can't get it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, please continue. <laughs> uh, and then they plan on building a temple, which uh, apparently they had to ask God for permission from. And then this rando person named Nathan gets a response from God about it. And he said, cool, yo, build a temple. And then David sucks God's dick at the Thanksgiving feast uh, just for hours on end. Um, I'm guessing his jaw was pretty unhinged and sore by the end of it. But, I mean, he gave that dick a good workaround. The end for today. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. The dick sucking went on forever. What's up, heathens? How, How y'all, y'all doing? doing? So, as you know, um, I got some things wrong, obviously, at the very beginning. Casey couldn't contain herself. She had to. <laughs> she just she had to ruin the effect. It's you got to be fully immersed in it. I'm right? a fu- what? See, here's here's something that I have been called before. You ready for this? Yeah. Fun sucker. Fun sucker. Yeah, I suck the fun out of things. <gasps> well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> a- 
Anyways, so, um, yeah, well, let's go ahead and start with it. So last time they moved the Ark to Jerusalem, and now what? Yeah, so they did. They moved the Ark to Jerusalem last time. Remember, they got it from that dude's house that had it for three months, whatever, and everything and he had was A blessed. completely different rando guy. What? Yeah, they, they hid the Ark in a random guy's house for three months. For some reason. Well, I mean, he wasn't a rando guy, but yeah, sort of. Okay. <laughs> so, David les left Asaph and his associates before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to minister there regularly, according to each day's requirements. Okay, so we're going back to the requirements that were set up in the Laws of Moses. Right. Right, okay, because there's like, you have to do sacrifice this many fucking oxen and lambs and whatever per day at these times this time of day plus this per week plus this per month and this every so it's like it's crazy pants how many animals they have to kill if if you want to know about all that you can go back and watch our older podcast i don't know which ones we talk about a lot of animal slaughter when we were going through the books of moses yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of love fucking killing of animals <laughs> yes. in this thing so um he also left obed edom which is where the ark was kept remember okay. for the three months yeah and his his 68 associates to minister with them obed edom son of jeduthum uh and also hosa were gatekeepers David left Zadok, the priest, and his fellow priests before the tabernacle of the Lord at the high place in Gibeon to present burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of burnt offering regularly, morning and evening, in accordance with everything written in the law of the Lord, which he had given Israel. Uh, with them were Hermon and Jeduthum and the rest of those chosen and designated by name to give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever." Uh, okay. Um, Heman and Jeduthum were responsible for the sounding of the trumpets and the cymbals and for playing of the other instruments for the sacred song. The sons of Jeduthum were stationed at the gate. Then all of the people left, each for his own home, and David returned home to bless his family. Well, so David's been gone for a while, and Mikal is pissed, right? So Mikal is his first wife, if you don't remember, Saul's daughter. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the last time when they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant into town, you know, he was like celebrating and dancing about and she was like watched on and talked about how much she hated him. Mm -hmm. um, well, so when he returned home to bless his household, Michal came out to meet him and said how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls and his servants as any vulgar fellow would. That is the hanging brain. I got that term from The Office. Okay. The TV show. Okay. It's when you show your nuts. Oh. Yeah, that's not where your brain is. <laughs> when those are activated, there is no thinking going on. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so, David said to McCall, it was before the Lord... Who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel? I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. Huh. So, uh, he, you know, Michal rebuked him and he got a little 
pissy about it. And then the last uh, verse of this, which is Second uh, Samuel 23, it says, uh, sorry, Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 23. Mm-hmm. And Michal, daughter of Saul, had no children until the day of her death. So it's not directly said that it was God, but it's pretty well implied. Yeah. So she had <laughs> she had no children um, at all. And, you know, because God has to do the open womb thing in order for people mm-hmm. to have kids. Um, and then the next part, which is 2 Samuel chapter 8, 15 through 18, it goes through who David's officials are. Um, I really don't think it's necessary to go through all of these fucking names. We talk about his recorder, which is his secretary, the priest's. Um, well, actually, the recorder is not the secretary because there is a secretary. Um, uh, royal advisors, it goes through a list of that. It's really not that important um, mm-hmm. in any case. We move on to Second Samuel chapter 9. And um, we're, we're getting back into Jonathan. If you remember, Jonathan is Saul's son. And David right. and Jonathan had a very special relationship and had their whole lives pretty much. Well, so, not their whole lives, but for a long time. Just, just in case you guys don't remember, they fucked <laughs> hard in a field. It was beautiful. I'm sure they had candles and some nice soft music, a minstrel or something. I don't know. No, they hid. Remember, they were they were hiding. I'm sure they did not have a minstrel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, David asks, "Is there anyone?" And Jonathan is dead now. Remember, Jonathan and Saul and his mm-hmm. other brother died on the same day, right? In battle. Okay, so Jonathan is dead. So David asks, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Because he loved Jonathan and Jonathan was like his, you know, homeboy for life. Loved him. And then the jerking off. Motion, said he, you I mean, can't see it. they said they loved each other. They kissed. It talks about it in there. Oh, yeah. It's, the, um, it's total now, homo. Which is which is fine. There's nothing. wrong. No, with there's it. nothing. There's nothing wrong with being that way. But I mean, it. Would seem wrong to Christians, so that's why I'm drilling at home. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just okay. like David did with Jonathan. Oh my god. <laughs> now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They called him before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba, your servant? He replied. The king asked, Is there is there no one still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Makir, son of Emil, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar. Um, and when Mephisabeth, Mephibosheth, sorry, Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, that's Jonathan's son's name, Meshibafeth, or sorry, fuck. Mescalin Mescafusafeth Mephibosheth Okay so when Mephibosheth Came to David So this is son of Jonathan Saul's grandson mm-hmm. Right Came to David He bowed down to pay him honor David said Mephibosheth uh, Your servant he replied Don't be afraid David said to him For I will surely show you kindness For the sake of your father Jonathan I will restore to you All the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul And you will always eat at my table Mephibosheth bowed down and said What is your servant that you should notice A dead dog like me Damn I feel like Mephibosheth I think Mephibosheth needs some therapy (laughs) 
Because, like, anytime you refer to yourself as a dead dog, you've got problems. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So, the king summoned Zeba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, the grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Zeba had 15 sons and 20 servants. I don't know why that's important to mention here, but they do. So Zeba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord, the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Zeba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth, god damn, I wish they'd stop saying his name, you know? (laughs) Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table and he was crippled in both feet. Like, I don't know why they have to bring that shit up again. When they say he's crippled in both feet. Yeah. I just think of like his feet are like some kind of weird shape. And they're Perhaps. like pointing in all different directions and everything. Like It was probably toes. it might have been a birth defect or it could have been like something um, that happened to him in war. After David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet. So the rando is Uh a random prophet named Nathan, which I'll say because I can say that. (laughs) At least his name is not Mephibosheth. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Nathan the David said to Nathan, here I am living in a palace of cedar while the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord is under a tent. Nathan replied to David, what do you have in mind? Or whatever you have in mind, do it for God is with you. That night, the word of God came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant, David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house for the, uh, since the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of the rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pastor and from the fall and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone. And I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on, of the earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did in the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people. I think these are judges. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the judges. Uh, appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all of your enemies. That's important. I will give you rest from all of your enemies. Okay. okay. Rest from enemies. And this Got is it. in Second uh, Samuel chapter 7. So, uh, let's see. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. Uh, to succeed you. Who who will come from your own body and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house from my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. 
Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. No, wait a second. Hold on. Was that God speaking to David? David? Well, no, it was speaking to Nathan and telling Nathan what to tell David. Okay, that's... It's, um, so this right here seems to have a, a pretty significant connection to Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, because, I mean, he's talking about how he's going to flog his son or whatnot, which I don't know. He, I mean, he says that he's going to flog his son or whatnot. for. Well, I mean, action. earlier than that, it talks about how he will rise up David's family. Right. And David's family will be established. Um and in his name, he will establish a throne of his kingdom. I will be his father and he will be my son. Right. So this is talking about Jesus. This is talking about the son of God. Right. Coming from David. Right. And uh, that's exactly what is uh, part of uh, the New Testament, like the gospels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because they espouse like that he had to be from the seed of David. Yes. So, so that's where this comes from. That's where all of this comes from is right here in Second Samuel. Right. And uh, that's why there was a big confusion in the first century uh, and why there's uh, a contradictory thing in Matthew and Luke mm-hmm. uh, with the virgin birth, but also having lineages traced back to David. Right. Because if it's a virgin birth, then it's God's kid. It's not David's kid. Right. So, I mean, there's a bit of a contradiction there, but that's because that's a mixture of two different ideas of the more Jewish idea that he was directly descended from David. That's Mm -hmm. the genealogy. And then there's the more pagan or Hellenistic idea of virgin virgin birth. birth. Mm -hmm. And so they pretty much just collided those two. I think the most interesting, I, I don't want to call it apologetic necessarily. I think the most interesting explanation to make these two ideas coincide Mm -hmm. is the whole idea that he was born man as a son of David, Mm -hmm. right? In, in David's lineage and then became the son of God when he was baptized with the epiphany. So I think that's, I think that's the most interesting combining of the two ideas. Well, yeah, but you know, originally uh, it was more adoptionist. Yeah. Uh, being that it didn't matter who this physical person was, the Messiah already preexisted and yeah. inhabited the body of this person that they call Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, then at the end of his life, he's called back up to heaven and he ascends to the right seat of his father and everything like that. So, like, at the very first, they, uh, like, it didn't even matter uh, who like the body, the physical embodiment was. Well, in this, and and I, and I totally get where you're going with this. What's interesting is that in this particular section right here, it doesn't talk about the Messiah being an existing, like an existing force, an existing um, spirit or whatever. I don't really know, like an existing thing that's going to inhabit. It doesn't, it doesn't make it out like that. It makes it out like he, I will, so hold on, let me reread it. I will raise up your offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. So it's all future talking. It's not like, you know. Yeah, but like, um, I I feel like this particular part is, is speaking of a more directly after David 
like you know like either david's son or david's son's son or whatnot will build the kingdom up or something like that like i feel like that is what it's actually talking about but the uh because at this time huh no, no, not really. It says, when your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body. So, I mean, it's his offspring and their offspring. And it's not it's it's not necessarily to me. It doesn't show any direct link, like any direct to David, like David's the actual son. Well, well, no, he. I mean, it's talking about just uh, lineage. What I was talking about was that. Um, you know, there, there's the, the, the whole idea in Judaism that the leader or king uh-huh. of the Jews is uh, uh, anointed as a son of God. Like that's an established like thing in Jewish mm-hmm. uh, theology. And so it's hard to discern, like in this particular passage, uh, it's hard to discern if he means like one of, da- one of David's lineage being given the kingship. Or if he's talking about like... It doesn't appear so. It doesn't appear so because this is different. This says, uh, will come from your and I will establish his kingdom. Okay, so there I can buy it. But then he says, he is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Mm -hmm. That's not forever is not possible for a human person. That's a good point. Yeah. So it, it does talk about him being a human person. Um, but, but it talks about him building the kingdom in his name. Right. So this, to me, this is directly talking about, um, what will become Jesus. Yeah, I can see that. But I, but I do think it's, it, it's not really possible for it to be, for the Jesus person to be a virgin birth. And I mean, Mary could have been from David, but that's not really how lineage works in the Bible, right? Well, it's, no. <laughs> it's, it's by son. So right. like, it, it wouldn't. Well, and also it talks about how Joseph is of the seed of David. Yeah. So Joseph would have to be in, in order to, in order to fit into this passage, Joseph would have to be. Jesus's biological father and the epiphany would have had to have occurred occurred in order for the Messiah in order for Jesus to become the son of God. Right. So that's what would have had to have happened, but that's not what this says. And that's not, it's not, neither story really fits. Well, you see it right, right here. The, the whole becoming my son thing Mm -hmm. is, is about him becoming king. Uh, and because they're all adopted as the son of God, like these kings of Israel. Mm-hmm. So I think that that like I feel like this is more of an adoptionist kind of view. The more that I, the, that we talk about it and I, and I think about it, it seems more of an adoptionist kind of view on the Messiah, being that the lineage of David is adopted into the family of God and becomes a son of God because of this uh kind of familial thing that they've set up in the Jewish theology. Yeah. I just think this one's different because like I said, the first part talks about establishing his, the, the Israel kingdom on Mm -hmm. earth. And then the second part is about establishing God's kingdom. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you that it's about the Messiah. It's just that, like, the I'm saying that you're right in that it's in a, more of an adoptionist view, being that the Messiah is going to inhabit his yeah. body and become the Son of God. 
Yeah, I don't, I because it, it doesn't, it seems like that's what would have to happen in order for this to be, in order for this to work, in order for this particular part, mm-hmm. part, part to work. But the whole virgin birth thing then doesn't work. So well, no, it's, no, no, because yeah. the virgin birth is Hellenistic. A, right. It's Greek. Right. But the two, the, the versions are so different. Like it matters. Oh yeah, it does. Like it matters when you're talking about theology to have some, to have this, to have these two things be so different about the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's not just a matter of, well, maybe people perceived it differently. Like it's not a matter of that. Like these, these are, this is fundamental. Is this person born of David David's line is this person born of David's line and then later inhabited by the Messiah or is this person of virgin birth and isn't isn't um related to David yeah. I mean that matters it does and those that that difference is significant and really fundamental to the whole theology mm-hmm. so anyway are we ready to move on yeah okay so Nathan reported to David all the words of the entire revelation. So I'm not going to reread them. Okay. <laughs> but he just, he tell Nathan tells David everything mm-hmm. that God had said. So of course, David is like, well, fuck yeah. Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> my family is going to rule forever. A son of mine, a, you know, a, a somebody in his lineage is going to establish the kingdom of God. Right. Right. So. King David went in and sat before the Lord and he said, who, who am I, O sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, O sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant in this unusual, in the, in this, your usual way of dealing with man, O sovereign Lord. What more can David say to you? I don't know why he's talking in third person. For you know your servant, O Sovereign Lord. God, he says O Sovereign Lord a whole bunch. Make mm-hmm. up a funny name for me to use instead. Um, uh, Steve. Okay. Oh, God. We're going to name O Sovereign Lord Steve. The Pope of Agnosticism. Yes. Ugh. What? Okay. <laughs> what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, Steve. For the sake of your word and in accordance with your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to to your servant. How great you are, Steve. There is no one like you and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who like your people, Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to to redeem as a people for himself and to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods before your people, whom you redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever, and you, Steve, have become their God. And now, (laughs) Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promise so that your name will be great forever. The men will say, Steve (laughs) uh, is God over Israel. And the house of your servant David will be established before you. O Lord Almighty God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage to offer you this prayer. Steve, you are God. Your words are trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless your house of your servant, the house of your servant, and it may continue forever in your sight for you. 
Steve have spoken. Uh, Steve have spoken, and with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. Yay! Steve! Steve! <laughs> so, anyway, um, basically, he just, you know, had a thank, thank you, God, for making me awesome forever kind of deal. So, yeah. it's interesting because I told you, remember back in, where were we? We were Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 7, somewhere in in the middle beginning area, he says, I will give you rest from all your enemies. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all that, sorry, that's all we have for today. But I think it's important to say, he says, God tells Nathan to tell David, I will give you rest from all your enemies. Right. But what we go into next is the period of wars. <laughs> As I, will give you, I will give you rest, but also <laughs> here's a bunch of war. <laughs> yeah. So, we have we have a bunch of battles with the Philistines, right? And the Ammonites, um, we have um, Armenians, uh, or sorry, Arameans, um, and, you know, total defeat. That's how they do, right? Um, we've got sieges. We've got adultery. We're going to talk about Bathsheba. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um we're, there's more David's prayers in this. We're probably going to skip those. Those are Psalms, uh, Psalm 60 and Psalm 51. We're going to have, um, Uriah. We're going to, we're going to have some people dying. Yay. David's going to get another wife. Oh, shit. We're going to have some more rebuke. More rebuke. And David is going to mourn and pray. Of course he is. Yeah. So that's what we're going to go through next week. We have a lot. Next week is a long one. Oh, um, man. So we need to, like, start recording in the morning then, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, it'll probably just be one that's more like an hour. Okay. Yeah. All right. So y'all prepare your anuses for next week. And uh, if you're not part of the Skeptic Mafia, go to joinskepticmafia.com or hit that join link right here on uh, this particular episode. And I guess we'll be seeing you heathens later. Yeah, don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.